man, if I had uh, to say how I was feeling on a scale from uh, zero to 68, I'd feel about five right now. <laughs> That's not good. Welcome back to Sunday Nights. I'm your host, Ian McGarren, joined once again by our cast of wonderful and affordable role players. When last we left our heroes, the hulking warlord Drizzt had declared war upon the Sun Queen and the Oasis. Using the body of a noble, Drizzt was able to summon a demon to attack and kill the Sun Queen in her own throne room. If not for the interference of our noble adventurers, the Queen of the Desert would have surely met her end. Now, we take you back to the throne room moments after the attack. Hans has been ordered to seek out the help of the Wind Talker, a seer that may shed some light onto who this Drizzt is and what his plans are. With our heroes gathered around the Sun Queen, what do you all do? So the Queen is going to hold down the fort while you guys venture forward. In the meantime, is there anything that you need to pick up from the town? Anything that you want to do before you head out to meet the Wind Talker? Uh, yes, I'd like to know if I can pick up a couple of healing potions before I depart. You are, will be able to pick up healing potions. Are we making ready or are we leaving right away? You're making ready. So we have time to long rest or... Yes, you can do a long rest if you like to. I fell down in the last one, so... You did. You did fall down in the last one. Yeah, I'll complete the long rest. I'll pick up a couple potions and then I'll be ready to go. Okay. Hans? I am going to pick up some health potions myself. Okay, so tell me how many health potions you want to pick up. Is there any any other equipment that you want to grab before you leave? Galaxia is going to be picking up uh, two healing potions uh, and every, everything else she's ready to go. Okay, Lucian, Hans, Kiefer? I would like to go out and drink with my fellow centaurs and have merriment of a good battle fought. Great. The two centaurs that were with you, Sender and the other one. <laughs> They've told your entire clan of how you heroically slayed the beast, drank food, and everything has been prepared for you for having your merriment, dancing around or galloping around the campfires. It's a big celebration over in the centaur clan. In the meantime, Hans and Glaxia are going around to the shops, picking up various potions. Lucian, what are you up to? Lucian will do his, his morning rounds around town for the extended care of whoever needs it, and meet uh, at the appointed hour our departure date so you all spend the night celebrating resupplying the next morning you all meet up at the north gate it is early morning the sun is just cresting over the cliffs you are to head north to the echo caverns which is where you will meet with the wind talker are we fun so bright hans is gonna uh, step in a little bit and he's gonna say uh, does everybody have everything they need? We Do we have plenty of rope? Do you have any supplies we need to pick up? Make sure you have all the rations you can carry. Why are you so loud? I don't know what you're talking about. This is my voice. Were we given horses or a wagon or means of conveyance, or do I need to ride the centaur? <laughs> you can ride the centaur if you like. No, the queen herself will provide you with the fastest horses available. Perfect. Everybody, of course, except Kiefer. He does not get a horse. Before climbing into my saddle, I'll, I'll look to Kiefer and kind of give him this knowing glance. Like, hey, uh, how about a ride? All right. And with no answer forthcoming, I'll sling my uh, backpack and take a couple of ca cautious steps towards him. Hans is going to step forward and be like, yes, you should definitely do that. This is a great idea. With no answer <laughs> forthcoming and emboldened by Hans, I will take some less than cautious steps towards the centaur and maybe even place a hand up. Ufa, are you there? Make sure you jump on his back very fast and surprise him. He loves that, yeah. Okay, I will mount the centaur and have the horse provided <laughs> provided to me behind me. 
And yes, as part of my preparations, I'll uh, I'll be sure to cast uh, Mage Armor through my Warlock ability, so it's on for the day. So yes, the Queen provides you with horses. You all mount up and you head north towards the cliffs. So Galaxia, Lucian, and Hans all have their own horses, and Kiefer's going to have to hoof it. Okay. You guys head across the desert. As the sun reaches its high point, the heat is just blistering. Every about half an hour or so, you're going to have to take a drink from your water skins. And you become well aware that this desert is merciless. Kiefer, of course, you've been the one that spends the most time outside the city. So you know all the best trails. As you head towards the cliff, you start to see little pockets, like little caves. And the cliffs themselves start to whistle and sing to you as the wind goes in and out. Almost like the cliffs are an instrument. Okay, so is it actually like the wind blowing through the caves is making music through it as an instrument? Or is it there's a source of music coming from the caves? As the wind blows through the caves, it makes music. It's the way that the caverns are set up. It's multi-pocketed, and so the winds hit it with a, and then music comes out of it. What does the music sound like? There's no, it doesn't, it's not playing an actual song. It's just, it's. You know, yeah, but is it like, or is it dun dun dun? It's more like a whistling, like a howl. Like if you set up a bunch of like harmonicas on top of each other and had the wind blow through it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. If the wind picked up, it would be more harsh tones. If the wind is more mild, then it's a more softer melody. Right. As I'm absorbing the centaur doing this, I, I ride up slowly to him. And I just speak to him in Sylvan, something he would probably understand in, in his centaur world. And I just ask him, are you familiar with these lands? Is that normal? It's totally normal. Yeah, I, I guess it's normal. I guess we should keep on going. Hans, could you hear the winds yet? Yes, I can hear the winds, but they are making me uncomfortable. We should keep moving then. Maybe we should go back and find another way back, yeah. Is this the only way to pass through, Dion? Yes, this is. I don't think that there'll be another path. I think we have to make our way through this. Tactically, we are exposed here. We're in a bottleneck. If we get attacked, there's not much we can do. We can fight and just hope we're better fighters than them. I typically am. All right, so we press forward. As you press forward, you come across one of the caverns. Very faint whistling comes through it. Over across it, you see banners of tattered red cloth. Over the age, it's been bleached, where it once probably was like a deep, deep red. It's now very light, almost pinkish in hue. This marks the entrance to the Echo Caverns, where the Wind Talker lives. Lucian will look to the guidance of the Centaur, who's obviously more accustomed to this. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's no other way around this, uh... Let me go first and follow behind. Before uh, Hans goes forth, I, I kind of push up in front of him just for a moment and it's a kind of look at, and I'm going to do like a scanning motion on the horizon, kind of observe to look first, anything out of the ordinary. Nothing out of the ordinary that you think of. It's a very different environment than what you're used to. You don't see like where people would be outcropping for like an ambush or anything of that. All right, once I scan the horizon, I kind of, I, I just look down to Hans and say, it looks clear. Yes, it always looks that way, doesn't it? Let's go. Is Lucian will look around for somewhere we can secret the horses. Okay, go ahead, roll me investigation. And my luck starts already. That's uh, one. As you're looking around, you don't really see any place where the horses would be safer than anything else. Probably the best thing to do is just the time up next to the banners at the entrance of the caves. Then Lucian will tie his horse up. Okay. Galaxia will follow suit. All right. Hans, what are you doing? Looking very nervous about going into this cave. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going to push myself to the head of the group and make sure that my shield and sword are out, but my shield is, like, protecting for any, like, incoming shots or anything. Kiefer confidently walks into the cave. Galaxia, Lucian, and Hans, what are you guys going in? I will follow behind the centaur, but with a little bit, not too close to him, but at least about 10 feet behind him. Uh, with my arrow out and uh, I will have all my bows out with an arrow cocked in it. All right, Lucian? I'll take up the third position in the marching order again. Yeah, just doing my best to not be completely oblivious. Okay, and Hans, where are you at in this? I'm dead last. Okay. (laughs) Kiefer walks in with his shield up, ready for a battle. Galaxia, you keep your bow at the ready. Lucian, is there anything that you're preparing for as you enter these caves? I'll keep an Eldritch Blast uh, in the back of my mind here, but just, yeah, scoping out uh, for possible ambush. Okay. As we're kind of going in, I'm also trying to see if there's any other, if there's any tracks um, as we head in. As you're looking around, you don't see any tracks, but the entire sand of the cavern itself has been windswept. So any tracks that you leave quickly just disintegrate as the wind blows through the caves. As you enter, the wind seems to be picking up and the sounds and the echoes from the caves starts to hit you a little bit harder. It gets a little bit harder to hear, you know, 10, 15 feet away from you. Sounds start to bounce off the walls. You're not really sure where anything is coming from. It's very disorienting walking through these caves. I'm going to keep moving forward. Lucian will take the opportunity to uh, mark our path with chalk just on the wall, subtly trying to, you know, stop from being lost. Sounds great. What's the lighting situation in here? There is no light, so you would have to light a torch or use some type of magic to actually see if you do not have dark vision. Uh, luckily for me, I have dark vision. I am going to have to light a torch. Okay, you light your torch. Does anybody else have a need of lighting? or? I do. Okay, so go ahead and explain what you're doing for light source. Not using a torch. Okay. Lucian? The light will guide me, my dark vision. Okay, perfect. As Kiefer and Hans light their torches... You almost have to put your hand over the torch just to prevent it from being blown out. The light it's casting is very dim. You can only see about 10 feet ahead of you. So you're very cautiously walking with the torch out in front, just keeping your hand just so the wind itself doesn't just blow it away. So I actually have put my sword away because I Mm -hmm. needed to put the torch in, in the hand. But I still have my shield and I'm using my shield to block the wind from hitting the flame. Okay, so you walk cautiously through the caves. As you walk, you start to see little markings on the walls. People have traveled this before. Uh, I'd like to do uh, look at the, at the, the drawings. Do they have any significance on them? Like, does it show that they're doing some hunting gathering, or they just look like uh, normal people walking through here? Is there any significance to these drawings? So the drawings are like chalk marks, so there's like arrows pointing to a particular path over top of some of like the crosses. When you get to where the path diverges, you'll see an X over one, and then you'll see a circle over the other. So people have been through here before, and so to navigate it, it's the best way to do it is by going off the markings. Is there any significance meaning to the X and the O? Like is the X like the, the way not to go, and the O is like the way that, that is a proper way to go? You can safely assume that, yeah. I just wanted to just try to get uh, the centaur's attention in front of me and just Mm -hmm. got the markings showing the uh, X's and the O's. Seem familiar with these markings? I don't believe I am. Kiefer, you've never really been into the Echo Caves themselves. You've been around them. Hans is the one that actually has been here before. Is he able to see what we're talking about? 
it's up to him. I don't understand what's the holdup. I have to pop back to Hans. Uh, Hans, these markings here, uh, are you familiar with them? Uh, do they have any significant meanings? Uh, from what I can tell, there's these markings here, and then there's some X's and some O's. It appears to me that these X's mark or would be significant markings to not go a certain direction, and the O's seem to be to tell us a direction that we should be going. DM, am I correct in assuming that is the correct course of action? Yes. Follow the O's. Do not go down the X's. They don't work. I shall relay that to the uh, Centauri who's leading us. As you head down further and further into the cavern, you're walking for about an hour or two, and just listening to all the echoes and all the wind, your ears will start to ring. And then, Kiefer, as you pass through one particular area, the wind just kind of dies down and stops. Like, you take a step back and the wind picks up again. You take a step forward, the wind ends. The air is still breathable, and in fact, it's almost... It's very cool and, you know, refreshing. There's no, you don't feel the heat from the desert. This little area just seems to be a lot easier to maneuver. And your torchlight actually goes out a little bit further. Because this is different, I'm going to look around and kind of see why this is different. Okay. What are the rest of you doing? I'm just going to move up to where the centaur is and see why he stopped. I just speak to him in Sylvan. Is is there something? Uh, I rolled a 17 perception looking around. So where like the rest of the caves have been like marked with like chalk have been like slashed or scribed or even parts of it have been chiseled. There's no markings to this particular part of the cave. In fact, there seems to be ropes strung throughout the ceiling. There's ropes with little tassels. Nothing seems to be blowing. There's even and from the tassels, bells hang from it and they're not ringing. You keep looking a little further in into the cavern and you see a green carpet laying in the middle of the floor. I'm going to go examine it. Okay. So Kiefer goes off to examine the carpet. Galaxius, Lucian, and Hans, what are you three doing? As always, I'm going to stay behind uh, the centaur about 10 feet away as he goes forward. Just to, And I'm kind of just watching around to make sure uh, to cover his back. So I'm just trying to observe anything uh, that's too, that's out of ordinary. Okay. Lucian? How wide is the space that we currently occupy? In the tunnel or in the cavern? In the cavern space, sorry. The cavern's quite large. The ceilings are about 30 feet high. The area itself is probably about 20 by 40. It's a large, spacious room compared to the small, narrow tunnels that you've been weaving in and out of. Okay, so to provide the party with the ability to use their hands, if they are torch users, I will cast the cantrip light on perhaps a hanging stalactite. A soft dim light starts to fill the room. Uh, Everybody sees this green carpet that's in the middle of the floor. Hans, what are you doing? I'm going to move into the room. Hans, this is a very familiar room to you. You've been here many times before. This is the lair of the Wind Talker. I'm going to take a step in and freeze, and I'm going to talk to the centaur, and I'm going to say, don't touch that. He does not like it when you touch his things. Lucian will ask, is he speaking to you now? No, not yet. (laughs) Just... Don't touch anything. <laughs> uh, you know from experiences that you have to use the carpet to talk to the wind talker to summon him. All right. I'll uh, go and step onto the carpet. Okay. So what do you do to summon the wind talker? I am going to kneel down on the carpet and start praying. So Hans kneels down on the carpet. He starts to pray. So I was going to ask that question. It's like, I look at these ropes a little bit better and look at these chimes and wonder if this is be something used to call forth the, uh, the wind talker. Yep. As Hans starts praying, one of the chimes starts to ring. And then the next chime starts to ring. And it spreads like wildfire. All the chimes starts to... And the wind starts to pick up a little bit more in this cavern. And you hear a voice. Oh, look, it's little Hans. 
Is this a language being spoken or just something he can hear? It's a language being spoken. And the wind starts to, as many twister starts to appear in front of the carpet. The sand starts to be pulled into it and it starts to go around and around and around. And then a blue hand reaches out of the little twister and places a hand on Hans's shoulder. And through the miniature vortex, a genie pops out. It's good to see you. You never visit. Hello, uncle. It's good to see you too. <laughs> I see that you brought your little friends. What brings you here? Little? I'm going to turn and, and give him a, a very grim look. Don't. <laughs> so what brings you to my little place? I come in service of the queen. Ah, the queen. How is she? Currently, not so great, uncle. She uh, she wants us to find out what the horde is planning. What horde? Oh, I can't remember such things. You know how I am, uncle. The rest of you, any of you speak up? No, but <laughs> out, out of character, but in character, what an airhead. <laughs> um, if no one else speaks up, uh, Galaxia will speak up and mention the... Uh, the lizard folk that we were that were had invaded, or the creature that had invaded the queen's sanctum and uh, tried to kill her, and uh, says that there's more coming. Remember the name? Uh, not offhand. I don't. I didn't write it down. Uh, it's Drazat. Uncle, can you tell us about the Drazat horde? Of course, nephew. I can tell you, but you need to pay the price, and you didn't pay the price for the last favor I gave you. Uncle, please. This is of much importance. I know. And that is why I'm going to give you a special. Two for one. If you help me, I help you. I know about this Drazat. What is your favor, Uncle? <laughs> You're so cute. He'll reach down and pinch your cheeks. Uncle, stop. I'm not a child anymore. You were such a pretty boy when you came over. And you said, Uncle, Uncle, I want to be a great warrior. I want to, to be recognized. And who made you the Queen's Blade? You did, Uncle. That is correct. Now, so we'll incline an eyebrow at that little piece of evidence. <laughs> now, here's what I need you to do. Do you remember over in the desert, there is a tall tower with a ruined city all around it, right? You speak of the, the spire. Yes, I speak of the spire. So what I need you to do is I need you to go down to the spire and then open the door, go all the way to the top of the tower. And from there, I need you to pick up an item for me. If you could do this, I will tell you what you need to know about the Razat. What is the item, Uncle? Oh, you will know at the moment you see it. I guarantee. Not another one of your tawdry trinkets, I hope. Come on, Uncle, your obsession is getting out of hand. Do you want the information, or do you not? Fine. Fine, you will have it. Oh, and just as a quick little help, because I love you so much. Be mindful of the angler. It's not a very nice thing. The what? If that is all... Then I will head out. Thank you for looking after little Hansi. He's such a cutie, isn't he? I'll mimic the accent and be like, oh, the cutest I've met. I like your little friend. And the wind talker will disappear. The wind talker will disappear in a tornado of sand and wind. And Hans you are left inside. In primordial. <laughs> <laughs> and you were left inside the cavern. The wind has died down and has become silent once again. Discuss. Well, it looks like we are going to the spire. What exactly is the spire that you speak of? Well, it, it once was a beacon for the people. Uh, a, a waypoint, if you will, through the desert. But you know how the desert can be. Sounds simple enough, but uh, nothing is ever so simple. So what do we have to worry about um, in our route to the spire? Oh, the usual. Bandits, raiders, <laughs> creatures of the sand. 
Nothing we can't handle, I'm sure. You're strong, right? Lucian will ask, uh, why is the town a ruin? DM, can I give a little help here? Go ahead and roll me a history check. Okay, history check. 13. So the town around the spire used to be a waypoint to get to the oasis. The spire itself was once the home of a very powerful mage. And rumor has it that one of his creations got out. And because of that, the town went into uh, ruins and no one goes there anymore. And after time with no upkeep, the town itself just basically collapsed on itself and became part of the desert once again. Is there any more information about what kind of creature got out? No. Perhaps a genie that now lives in a cave telling riddles. Trust me, you don't want any more information from him or he will make you pay. I mean, I have a few coins. He does not want money. Does he not grant wishes? And I'll leave the cave. Yeah, Hans will leave too. Alright. Keeper leaves as as well, because he's ready to get a move on to the next point. I will also follow my party. So you all leave out the caves. The horses have been untouched. They're a little tired, a little thirsty from being left out in the sun for a while. You have traveled about a half a day. And to reach the spire, it's going to take another half a day to get there. We are going to head at a medium space, taking breaks regularly and uh, travel through the desert on these horses with no names. All right. So (laughs) what do you name your horse? Craig. Craig will appreciate that. Are you heading towards the spire? Are you guys getting there while it's night or are you guys getting there during the daytime? We'll look to the experience of the desert folk for that. You are part of the desert folk. I would have assume that we are traveling by night um, that way we're not in the scorching heat I could probably handle the scorching heat but I feel like some of our party members cannot okay when you get to the spire it will be dark is that correct correct as you all reach the spire the spire is a stone building that towers over the desert as you reach the small town you see dilapidated buildings all the buildings have been missing its roof a lot of them are missing their walls the sand itself is hard packed so it's quite easy to maneuver around the tower seems to be the only thing that hasn't been touched in this entire thing as you quickly approach it there seems to be a light source in the town a single lantern seems to be lit with a soft blue light and that is about in the center of town itself lucian will say strange i thought this would be unoccupied it has been unoccupied somebody decided to move in would you like me to scout ahead and take a look that would seem prudent i'll go Uh, with i'm gonna drop into stealth so Kiefer and hans make their way into town galaxia uh, lucian are you you two are hanging back currently correct i will be hanging back but i will try to stealth okay everybody that's being stealthy go ahead roll me stealth checks everybody that's not being stealthy do what you want to do i will not Uh, judge galaxia rolls a 19. okay hans rolls a 25. Kiefer rolls an eight Okay, so Hans, you keep low, keeping to the shadows of this strange light. Kiefer's just kind of, he's kind of doing, um, has anybody ever seen, like, um, The Emperor's New Groove? He's oh doing, he's, uh, Kiefer is crunking it up right now. Why uh, I'm trying to go tiptoes on hooves. Yeah, it's not working too well. As Hans making his approach, uh, Hans, you hear the crunch, crunch, crunch of hooves over sand not working too well. Galaxia, you find one of the buildings that hasn't been totally decimated, and you kind of tuck yourself in, and you're just watching the center of this town. Yeah, I'll have my uh, bow at the ready, uh, for uh, just in case. Okay. Hans being stealthy, Kiefer, what do you guys do as you approach the center of town? The lantern's on a post, just kind of hanging there, illuminating this small courtyard. Uh, Hans is gonna go through the building here. Stealth, 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 stealth. (laughs) 
So Kiefer, you approach it as Galaxia um, takes up her post in hiding. Hans, he's approaching, but he's doing it. He's doing it fairly slowly. And Lucian is definitely hanging back and not being a part of this at all. Kiefer, what do you do? I'm I'm approaching, but I'm also waiting for the stealth people to get wherever they're trying to stealth to. Okay. I'm good where I'm at. I'm just kind of just peering around, looking to see if there's anything out of the ordinary, scanning the horizon, see if there's anything coming. Galaxia, go ahead and make me a perception check. Uh, 14. A 14. You don't see anything outside the ordinary. The only thing that's very different is the lantern itself. Everything's kind of dilapidated, and it's kind of done from disuse. The lantern seems to be in very pristine condition. You start to see little markings around the lantern, and the, the hue it gives off is definitely unnatural. Lucian, what are you up to? What are you doing at this time? I'm just kind of watching their back, but as they get closer, I wouldn't mind closing the distance as well. Okay. So if I can take this opportunity to make just a standard move towards the action. All right. Hans? I'm going to uh, make an approach from the right-hand side here, and uh, I'm going to make a perception check to see if, you know, just to make sure nobody's trying to sneak up on us as we're trying to, you know, creep around too. Okay. 15 for perception. No one seems to be sneaking up on you. It's a very quiet night. You don't see anything happening. The only thing that really is taking notice is that lantern. It's weird a little bit. It's not hanging from the stock. It almost seems to be attached to the stock. Uh-huh. Lucian would like to move towards the lantern, and I'll do a knowledge arcana. Cool. Just put your character where you want to, and how close are you getting to the lantern, I guess is my question. Uh, we'll start right there, <laughs> about 10 feet away. Okay. And as I already got my natural one out of the way, here we go. Uh, 18. As you're looking at the lantern, it's not only just giving off light. It's also giving off a calming aura around it. It's comforting. It's drawing you in. It's very curious, and you want to know more about it. As you're looking at the patterns, and it's giving that sense off to you. Come in, well, stay a minute. It's safe here. Lucian being... Uh... The self-described light bearer, yes. I'll take a five-foot step for just a closer look. Okay. Now being within arm's reach of the lantern. <laughs> Kiefer just, like, runs up. <laughs> Kiefer, what are you doing? Uh, I, if it's giving off good vibes, I want to touch it. Okay. So you're going to go ahead and touch it. Describe how you go about touching this thing. So it has this, like, warm, inviting vibe to it. So mm -hmm. I walk up to it, and it's, like presence to it to me I, I like my eyes get all big and i smile and i just reach out and grab it as your hands go grab it the lantern itself starts to lift a little bit higher out of the way and then at your feet teeth appear as a creature tries to chomp down on your legs holy shit it's a sand cuttlefish <laughs> no it's a it's an angler fish <laughs> your own is gonna hear from me so it bites you for a 21 can i attempt to like dexterity out of it or nope so i just take 21 damage no no it, it attacks you for 21 two hit is 21 okay yes i have 18 that hits okay it's going to give you 26 points of piercing damage and kefir is swallowed whole that sounds like indigestion yep kefir you are now swallowed up by this massive creature we are going to go into initiative so right now kefir you are considered to be blinded and restrained okay okie dokie and at the start of its turn, you're going to start taking acid damage as its stomach acid starts to digest you. You can attack while inside this creature. All right. We're going to go for initiative. Everybody go ahead and roll for initiative. I already did. Got a 15. Would you like me to reroll? Uh, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. So I'm the one in the fish. You are the one in the fish. So you said you got a 15? 
Yes. Right. Galaxia also got a 15. Pong's yeah, got pretty much w- when I'm inside the fish, that's when I'm like, hmm, maybe I should fight this thing. <laughs> okay. So what everybody get for their initiative rolls? Galaxia rolled a 15. Hans right. rolled an 8. Hans rolled an 8. All right. Lucian rolled a 6. Kiefer, you said you rolled a 15, correct? All right. Yep. Who, wants to go, who wants to go first, Kiefer or Galaxia? I'll let Kiefer go first, and then I'll go after him. Okay. The angler got a 19 for his initiatives. He's going to go first. Uh, so this massive maul just comes up, grabs Kiefer, and just swallows him whole. Kiefer, you're going to take acid damage at the start of its turn. You're going to take acid damage as its acid starts to dissolve your body. Okay? How much was that again? Five points of acid damage. All right. Applied. And then it's going to go to the nearest person. Uh, I guess, which is Lucian. It's going to use the lantern as almost like a mace and swing at you. 23 to hit you. That'll do it. You're going to take 11 points of bludgeoning damage, and that will end its turn. Kiefer, it is yours. Can I see a way back through the throat hole to get back up? Kiefer, you are blinded. All right, then I am just going to start stabbing. Okay, go ahead, roll for attack. I'm assuming a 10 does not hit. So actually, go ahead and roll with advantage because you're inside the creature. Kiefer, all your attacks are going to be rolled with advantage. So go ahead and do that. Uh, so that's going to be a 23. 23 will hit. And that's going to be 11 piercing damage. Okay, 11 piercing damage. All right. And then another 23 for 9 piercing damage. All right. So, Kiefer, you have done 20 points of damage to it total. Was I able to cut my way out? Every time when you do 20 points of damage to the creature, he has to make a constitution saving throw. And he got a three, so he's going to spit you out. (laughs) So, uh, Lucian, this fish hits you with its tail and and it spits out a Kiefer. So it spits out a centaur right next to you. Kiefer, you are now prone. Like I said, indigestion. (laughs) I am going to get up on my next turn. Okay. But I, I still am using my shield to try and protect Lucian if the fish attacks him. All right. So that is what you're doing. Galaxia, it is your turn. All right. Bonus action, uh, Hunter's Mark. Okay. Yeah. I'll go I'll ahead go and mark the creature. All right. The creature is marked. Uh, the 13, that'll probably miss. 13 will miss the creature. Your arrow bounces off its hide. And on my second attack, I roll the 13 again and I miss again. Anything else that you're doing? Uh, for right now, well, I'm going to move back now that I see this creature a little bit to a little bit further out of range and keep okay. it from it. But I'm still still, still close to Very far. smart. That's a very smart move that you're doing there. So next up is Hans. Hans is going to step forward 15 feet. He's going to make an attack on the anglerfish. Okay. 14 to hit. A 14 will not hit. All right. So then he is going to bonus action disengage. And that's the end of my turn. Okay, Lucian, you're up next. So Lucian, seeing his friend deposited in such an inglorious way, is going to cast a hex on the subject as a bonus action, giving him disadvantage on constitution saves. Well, that's constitution skill checks, not saving throws. That's how hex works. Correct. I apologize. But yes. All right. uh, so I will hex it, and then I will, for good measure, give it a taste of Eldritch Blast to the face. Okay, go ahead and cast your tax. Uh, the first bolt gives us uh, 20 to hit. 20 will hit. And number two, uh, 17. 17 will hit. And also make sure you roll your 2d6s for your hex damage. Will do. We've got uh, 20 force damage. Mm-hmm. And I got a five and a one on the 2d6, making it a total of six. Okay. So as you hit, it's going to use one of its legendary actions, and it's going to swipe at you with its tail. Uh, 26 to hit. And it will do 20 points of damage. As um, actually, I'm going to use my protection and okay. impose disadvantage on the attack roll. All right, cool. So let me go ahead and roll that again. 25 this time. I will take the hit through the shield. 
Alright. It's a massively powerful muscle. So he's gonna hit you. He's gonna hit you for 20 points of bludgeoning damage. I'm gonna take 20 points of bludgeoning damage. Alright. So it is the angler's turn. Kiefer, you're gonna go ahead and take the tentacle attack. 26 to hit. And you're gonna take 9 points of damage there. Lucian, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom coming up. Mm -hmm. 21. Okay, 21. As he hits Kiefer with the tentacle, the lantern whips about you, and you f that compulsion, that, that warm, fuzzy feeling inside intensifies, but you're able to shake it off. He's going to try to chomp Kiefer again and swallow him once more. Uh, 25. That'll hit. All right, you're swallowed whole once more, Kiefer. You're in the belly again. Taking 23 damage? Taking 23 points of piercing damage. Man, if I had uh, to say how I was feeling on a scale from uh, 0 to 68, I'd feel about 5 right now. <laughs> That's not good. But good to know, Kiefer, it is your turn. I am going to stab. Okay. Does a 21 hit? 21 will hit. Uh, that'll be 6 piercing damage. Okay. And another 11 piercing damage, doing 17 in total. 17 in total. Is there any more damage you can do? No, nope, that'll be it. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, actually, uh, I'm going to use my action surge and uh, get in one okay. more hit. Two more hits. It says one additional action. So a fighter takes two hits on its action. So you get one additional action, but that's that's two more hits. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's how that works. Awesome. Uh, so that's going to be... Does 26 hit? 26 will hit. Uh, that's going to be nine piercing damage. Okay. And then another 10 piercing damage. All right, makes its con save. And it will throw Kiefer back up again. <laughs> it does not like eating Kiefer. And he's a slow learner. Kiefer, are you doing anything else? Uh, no, that should be it. Okay. <laughs> Galaxia, it is your turn. So my first attack, I rolled a 21. I did a total of 13 points of damage. Yep, 13 30. points of damage. And on my second attack, I hit, I rolled a 21. Okay. 17 points of damage on that attack. Very nice. As your second arrow hits, lets out a very uh, wicked scream, and it is now bloodied. About halfway through. Hans, you're up. Hans is going to move up mm -hmm. 10 feet right here, and he is going to make an attack. Uh, 22 to hit. 22 will hit. I give you 12 piercing and 16 sneak attack damage. A strike deserving of the Queen's Blade. Finally. It's going to howl out in anger and frustration. And it's going to give you a tail swipe. Uh, 13 to hit. It will not hit. And then uh, it's still my tail. I'm yes. going to use the rest of my movement to bonus action disengage. That's it. Lucian, it is your turn. Kiefer has gotten spit up once more. He's not looking good. Granted, I will cast Cure Light Wounds from a third level spell slot and twin it using sorcery points. Okay. For 27 healing to my compatriots and 26 for myself. Kiefer, you get 27 points of healing. Thank you, my friend. So on a scale of 1 to 68, you're, you you feel about a 31 now. About uh, 32. 32, if we're all keeping woop, track. Woop. If anybody's keeping track at home. Uh, anything else you're doing there, Lucian? Nope, that will be it. On the angler's turn, it's going to spin around, swiping at you with the tail. It doesn't do any damage, but it's going to use the distraction to disengage itself and start to burrow back underneath the sands. You see a column of sand shoot out as it heads north. Lucian will uh, kind of put a hand on the centaur to stop him from pursuing vengeance, and I'll remind him in a harmonious tone and say, fish has got to be a fish. Kiefer, Hans, and Galaxia, go ahead and make me a perception check. Uh, Galaxia rolls a 20. Hans rolls a 7. I rolled an 11. It's very dark. It's hard to see. But Galaxia, you're used to hunting at night in the deep forest. Yes, the creature did uh, leave, but it's coming back. I just yell out to my compatriots, uh, be wary, the creature has not left the area. Kiefer, what do you do? It's your I'm going to fly 30 feet up into the air. <laughs> 
And how are you going to fly, Kiefer? I am going to do that with my boots of flying. Your what of flying? My horseshoes of flying. Your horseshoes of flying, which is the magic item that Kiefer chose for this adventure. Oh, dear God. Hashtag horseshoes of flying. So, Kiefer, you are now 30 feet up in the air, away from the terrors that is the angler. Are you doing anything else? I'm just going to kind of scan the area and see if I can see the disturbed dirt to try and pinpoint where it's at. Okay, uh, roll for perception. That's going to be a 14. Uh, 14. So you saw you saw the trail that it left coming back, and it's actually using a modified point of trail, and it looks to be heading straight for Lucian. I believe there used to be a bulky centaur tank there a second ago. There was. Are you doing anything else on your turn there, Kiefer? Nope, I'm just going to Goku it up in the air and wait to see something to hit. Galaxia, it is your turn. Is there anything near me, like where I'm standing at? Is there a rock or something, anything that I can pick up? Yes, there are several stones that you can pick up. I'm going to try to attempt this as a distractionary method. I'm going to take a rock and toss it out over in this direction. Just okay. Just to see if I can trick the creature into maybe thinking that something's there to see if it pops up there. Go ahead, roll me a deception check. I like it. <laughs> I've rolled three. Next time, get a bigger rock. Anything else you doing there, Galaxia? I'm just going to hold here and where I'm staying on this wood. So hopefully they'll help me out. And I'm just going to have my bow at the ready for when it pops back up. Hans, it is your turn. When did this game turn into a Tremors remake? Last round, I guess. <laughs> Actually, last episode when all of the uh, level one characters died. Not all of them, half of them at the least. That's fair. Half them at the most. I am going to use my Genasi, uh, Air Genasi ability and cast Levitate. Okay. <laughs> Although I'm not exactly sure how far up that gets me. <laughs> it should be in your spells for that. Uh, let's check. Levitate. You rise vertically 20 feet in the air and remain suspended there for the duration the spell can levitate a target that weighs up to 500 pounds. An unwilling creature must make a constitution saving throw. And I'm good with that. Okay, so Kiefer is 30 feet in the air, and <laughs> Hans is 20 feet in the air. Lucian, you're all by yourself, and this giant monster is heading towards you, you know, with fangs, with fangs and stomach acid. Run to that building to the south of you. Find ground. That's what I yell out to uh, Lucian. All right. First and foremost, I would like to object, as I can actually have wings as a variant feature, I can't fly. Alright. It doesn't seem fair. Because other members of our party are using their magical items, I would like to use mine. And what is your magic item? So I will use my action to speak the command word to my magic item, and mm -hmm. I will then throw my staff about 10 feet away to this area that I'm indicating, and my mm -hmm. staff of the python will turn into a giant constrictor snake. Mm-hmm. And I will use my move action to take the the Elven Hunter's <laughs> suggestion and run. So go ahead, roll me a deception to see if the creature will follow the snake and not you. Ooh, I am actually very good at lying, it seems. And a 23. You head over and you get yourself in one of the buildings and start and hide. Your staff of the python turns into a giant constrictor and it starts to slither around, making as much vibrations as possible. You see the column of earth come straight up to the constrictor. The constrictor goes skyborne, blasting itself into the air as this giant anglerfish goes out of the air and then chomps down upon your serpent, killing it outright and turning it back into a staff. And then lands upon the, back onto the sand with a giant thud 
and starts to flail around uncontrollably. Hans, I need you to go ahead and make me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 22. 22. As it's flying around, you see, again, the light of the lantern. It starts to compel you to come closer towards it, but you shake it away. Galaxia, what is your armor class? Uh, Mine is a 16. Yours is a 16? Okay. And what is it? Cover gives you... Cover gives you a plus 5, correct? So it'll be 21. 21. Uh, 26. So the lantern whips, and you're behind the wall. It actually smashes through the wall and it strikes you in the side. You take 10 points of bludgeoning damage. That will end its turn. So next up is actually Galaxia. All right, well, I still have my Hunter's Mark up, so I'm just going to shoot at it. I'm going to roll a 27. 27, that will hit. I'm going to do six piercing, and then my Hunter's Mark is going to do an additional six, so that's a total of 12. 12 points of damage, very nice. Uh, On my second attack, I'm going to miss with a 13. Uh, Yep, 13 will not hit it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Galaxy, uh, Kiefer, go ahead. You guys are on the same turn base. Uh, Kiefer, what are you doing? I am going to fly towards it and stab it. Over there, like, you can't chomp on me! <laughs> oh, and I guess I'll, I can move on somebody's going to move five. I'm just going to move over here by Lucien at the, at the end of that. Fair enough. All right, so Kiefer, uh, you, you fly down and attack it. What do you roll? I stab it with my sword. Does a 14 hit? A 14 will not hit. I am going to try and shove it with my shield. And uh, I believe that's uh, my athleticism against... It's a strength check? Is that what you're... I believe it is a strength check, what? but let me d- double check. Are you using the shield feat? Uh, shield mastery? Yes. Okay. Man, Dandy would be great if it didn't have all these rules. Okay, so Shield Master. Uh, you can take an attack option on your turn. You can use a bonus action to try to shove the creature. So you, okay. So if you take an attack option on your turn, you can use a bonus action to try to shove the creature uh, within five feet of you of your shield. If you are in a compassionate, you can use your shield to AC bonus. Um, if you're a subject to make a, uh, make a dexterity saving throw. Okay, so you can take your full attack. So you can hit it with the 14, and then you can attack it again. And then as your bonus action, you can p- use your shield to push the creature five feet. Or prone. Was it prone? Uh, that's just the definition of shove. Shove using an attack action, you can make a special melee action to shove a creature, either to knock it prone or push it away from you. Gotcha. Okay. So you can do that as a bonus action. If you want to make your second attack, you can. Okay. Then I am going to do that. And then we will see what the check is for the athleticism. So twenty. So what did you roll for attack? Uh, I rolled a 26. So is a 26 hit. 26 will hit. And then with my uh, how much, shield. How much damage? Uh, for seven damage. All right, 26 will hit, and yes, take seven damage. All right, so, and what did you roll for your athletics check? I rolled a 15. Okay, 13. So, yes, it's now prone on its side. Yeah, I just smack the crap out of it with my, my shield to knock it sideways. All right, and that's the end of your turn. Galaxio, you've already went, you moved, and Hans, it is your turn. All right, Hans is going to step up to the plate. Uh, okay, so do you dismiss your, your levitate? You can't move. Yes, Hans is going to make an attack. He rolled an 11 to hit, so I don't think that will hit. No, 11 will not hit. Well, you have advantage because he's prone. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, you do. You do. 21 to hit. 21 will hit. I give you 6 piercing damage, and I will give you 19 sneak attack damage. Very good. It's going to go ahead and use one of its legendary actions and hit you with the tail. 19 to hit. Uh, 19 will hit. 
I am going to use my shield to protect him and uh, impose disadvantage. 10 to hit. Uh, 10 will not hit. I'm going right. to bonus action disengage. Okay. So you back up. Leaving Kiefer once again alone with the angler. Lucian, it is your turn. So I will step out of cover and I will throw two Eldritch Blasts at the angler. What'd you roll? 26 for the first one, dealing 11 force damage. 25 for the second one, again, dealing 11 force damage. And a further nine from the 2d6 from Hex. How do you deliver the final blow? Stepping from cover, whipping up the Eldritch Blast, I'll say, you do not bear the light. And I'll let the two beams go. As the creature is flying around, defending it against Kiefer and Hans's assault, it opens its mouth and catches two Eldritch Blasts into its jaw. The Eldritch Blast detonate, blasting the fish. Its head comes off. Its lantern falls down to Kiefer's, not feet, but hooves, right? So the lantern will fall down to your hooves, and the creature continuously delays on its side, no longer moving. I'm going to stomp the light out. As you bring your hoof and to smash onto upon the lantern, the tower starts to shake. It starts to groan, almost as if the lantern and the tower were connected. The light goes out, and you see Hans and Lucian. As Kiefer uh, slams his hoofs down upon the lantern, you see some of the shingles off the roof start to fall down and hit the sand. Lucian will say, I believe I know what creature escaped the mage's control. Maybe we should have kept the lantern, just detach it. <laughs> At this time, Galaxy would like to cast Cure Light Wounds on herself. Okay. Uh, Hans is going to put his rapier away and he's going to say, I think we should investigate the tower some more. Make sure there's nothing left for anyone who happens to pass by. I think this creature tried so vehemently to eat our dear friend. I feel like we should take a moment to return the favor. Deer hunter, is the meat safe to eat? I will do uh, just inspect it and make sure. All right, go ahead and roll me a survival check. Uh, I'm vegan. <laughs> I rolled an 11 is safe to eat, though it is very tough. Do you like your meat salted or unsalted? We're in the desert. I don't feel like we have a choice. It won't be very tasty, and it would be very tough, but uh, it is edible. Hmm. Well, maybe we better just be on our way then. I'll ask the Queen's Blade to disembowel the the fish. What kind of check would you like me to roll for that, DM? Safely? uh, Survival. Just because you never know what else it's eaten. Thirteen. You go in to stab the fish. What are you using to do this, to gut this fish? If I may, I'd like to assist him with that. That would give him an advantage. Okay. So with advantage, what do you have? A 22. You angle your knife and you start to slit down it. You're able to remove the guts, the intestines, the heart. All the entrails, all the internal organs are splayed out before you. You can scale the fish. You don't see anything that is swallowed. Kiefer, you know being inside the creature, that acid took out part of your armor. There's pot marks in your weapon and in your shield. Acid bad. Whatever goes in that acid kind of gets eaten away. So does that mean that I am no longer wearing my armor? You are wearing your armor. It is damaged, though. So it won't be able to take a lot more hits. Does anybody have alchemy? Like an alchemist kit? I'm just double checking because I'm pretty sure I do. If you do, you should bottle that. Might come in handy later. I have a healer's kit, which I think is the 5e equivalent. DM, can we get a ruling? There is an alchemy set, so healer's kit and that, they're two different things. Though, there is a wizard's tower behind you. You might be able to find something. We should go close the tower now, after we've eaten. I feel like he's trying to, uh, he's trying to bait us, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) He just used the staff of herding on us. (laughs) Oh, Hans, you do find one thing lodged between the creature's teeth. What did I find? You see a staff that's uh, carved into the shape of a serpent. I am going to pick it up 
and I am going to uh, call out to Lucian. Uh, Lucian, I think you you dropped your walking stick. Oh, thanks so much, and I'll reclaim it. All right. So, what do you guys do now? I suggest we find a safe place to rest. So, you're all going to go ahead and make camp for the night. May I suggest that we use one of these buildings to stay in that we can so uh, we are not on the sand for just in case another one of these creatures appear. I am all for that. How big is the building? One. The one that's closest to us uh, right over here. So the building is very dilapidated, but you all can fit in comfortably. It does not have a roof, but most of the floor is still intact. So you can roll out like your sleep bags or or I guess in Kiefer's case, just kneel down. I'm not exactly sure how centaurs go to sleep. I feel like they sleep standing up. <laughs> no, it's just like horses. They put their legs down and then I would assume... Oh, that's actually a good point. Uh, what well, does the top point. of the body do? I guess I would yeah. like lean up against a wall or something. I, I tell a little story to Lucian and and, uh, and Sylvan. You know, when we were younger, we, when centaurs fall asleep, we do we used to try to tip them over to see if they would fall. Oh, I love centaur tipping. It's so much fun. Wait, <laughs> that's doubtful. Nay, Nobody it's true. <laughs> if anyone attempted that with me, they would be dead where they stand. You're kind of already tipped over. <laughs> all right. So, so, you guys so the roof on all of these buildings, there, there's no roofs to any of these buildings. That is correct. Fine. So Kiefer goes in, he puts his legs under him, and he, I guess he leans his head against a wall. I really want to figure out how centaurs go to sleep now. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> hashtag centaur nap. Leave a message in the comments. We'll put it up to a vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave okay. a message in the comments. How do centaurs go to sleep? Imagine a centaur, but instead of being half human, half horse, it's half human, uh, half giraffe. Oh, God. While he's pacing around in a circle, settling, I will cast the cantrip mending on his uh, damaged equipment. Quickly, to the internet. That's very nice of you there, Lucian. Hansa, what are you doing? I am going to lay out a bedroll and sit on it, and I'll take first watch for the night. As you guys settled in to take your rest, we'll go ahead and end it tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We'll return next week as the group climbs the spire in hopes of learning more about the Warlord Razat from the Windtalker. Before you go, don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Sunday Nights. Aunt Minstrels plays adventuring musics. Mm-hmm.